This episode features dramatizations of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. And please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of Yamata no Orochi. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Japanese legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week we leave our creatures of pestilence and plague for a special stop in ancient Japan. If you're a listener of my show's mythology and tales, you'll be familiar with this episode's hero, the god of storms and chaos, Susanoo. But you have to ask yourself, what monster is frightening enough to leave even a malevolent trickster shaking in his boots? A dragon the size of Japan. This is Mythical Monsters, Yamata no Orochi. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a gargantuan serpent goes on a rampage. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yamata no Orochi, or just Orochi, is one of the most formidable monsters of Japanese lore. It appears in many legends, but the most notable are two 8th century CE folktales, the Kojiki and the Nihon Shoki. Orochi is an eight-headed, eight-tailed dragon, so massive it can carry a whole landscape on its back. Like many East Asian dragons, Orochi has no wings, appearing more serpent-like than the dinosaur figures of European legends. But don't let that lack of wings fool you. Orochi behaves just like its English equivalent would. It kidnaps maidens and gobbles them up. The difference is Orochi's victims are not quite human. They're kami, a word that translates to both spirits and deities. A kami can be anything from a creator god to an indistinct force of nature. It's important to understand the concept of kami, because the story of Orochi co-stars one of the most famous kami of all, Susanoo. He's the brother of Amaterasu, the queen of heaven. 
Susano, on the other hand, is the kami of storms, chaos, poison, conflict, and decay. He's a trickster and a villain in his own right, who enjoys rampaging around heaven, causing problems. You see, there are no heroes in this tale, only monsters of titanic proportions. Perhaps it's best to let them fight and pray that the lesser of two evils prevails. Susano had been falling for a long time. He hadn't understood how far down the earth was until he'd been banished to it. Well, he hadn't been banished exactly. That was a matter of perspective. His father, the creator Kami Izanagi, had given him the earth to rule over. Susano hadn't been very interested at first, but then he'd accidentally lost his temper and killed two Kami while visiting his sister Amaterasu in heaven. Amaterasu's many, many heavenly subjects weren't pleased with him. So Susano decided it was time to claim his birthright and head to Earth. He'd just ignore the fact that it was supposed to be a punishment. When he landed, he was surprised to see that the Earth was beautiful. It was the greenest place he'd ever seen. The clouds lay low, and eight snow-capped peaks loomed majestically in the distance. As he took in his new domain, he felt inspired with a plan. He would bend this world to his own chaotic majesty and make all of heaven green with envy. Soon his sister and all the kami who had shoved him out of the sky would be begging to visit. It only took 20 minutes for the novelty of the scenery to wear off. There were simple nature spirits here, but they paled in comparison to the crowded court of heaven. And the thought of trying to have a conversation with the blowing breeze or bubbling brook sounded terribly boring. Susano sulked as he headed upriver, hoping he'd find civilization. He hadn't been walking long when he came across a young kami woman shooting arrows at a very unhappy-looking tree. Finally, someone to talk to. He eagerly approached. Did you ask that thing's permission? The woman groaned. The tree will recover. I won't. I need practice. Susano watched her next arrow miss wildly. You certainly do. Why are you practicing? She drew another. I need to be able to defend myself. There's a dragon roaming these parts. It has taken my seven sisters, and now it wants me. She missed again. Susano laughed, and the woman's lips twitched in annoyance. I wasn't raised an archer, sir. I'm a farmer, and a great one at that. You should taste my sake. Susano was impressed. He bowed in introduction. That makes you true marriage material. I'm Susano. The woman laughed. If you're Susano, I'm your mother Izanami, freed from the underworld, rotting on the inside. But you can call me Inada. Susano stared at her. Your name is Rice? Inada glared. At least I keep people fed. She softened and lowered her bow. Come now, you're not that Susano. Your eyes are far too kind. Susano was thrown. He'd never been called kind before, and he quite liked it. 
He'd intended on spending his time making Earth the envy of heaven, but he wouldn't mind a little flirtation along the way. So he replied, I will take any credit you give me, wondrous Lady Rice. It was Inada's turn to blush, but just as she was about to reply, the ground shook. The forest floor shuddered violently beneath Susano's feet. The river rose too, spilling water onto its banks. Inada clung to a cypress. How could I have missed it? Susano grabbed the trunk of a cedar as the earth tilted. Missed what? Inada pointed at the ground. The kami who's after me. The ground jolted again. A gaping trench ripped through the woods, separating Inada and Susano from a nearby hillside. Susano watched in shock as the portion of the ground they stood on rose into the mist. Susano looked up, watching the mountain peaks he'd first admired rise into the air and curve as if on a massive, stretching spine. The thick mist suddenly obscured his view, and then a horrible hiss filled the air. A serpent's head shot out of the mist. It was at least as big as a palace, with two glistening fangs the size of ancient trees. Susano tensed, ready to run. But he froze as another head rolled out of the clouds. Then another, another, and another, and another. Susano counted six, seven, eight. He ducked behind the cypress where Inada hid. He tersely asked, Inada, what is happening? Inada turned to him with frustrated, fearful tears in her eyes. It is the great serpent, Yamata no Orochi. He's come to devour me. Coming up, Susano comes face to faces with Orochi. Pinocchio, Sleeping Beauty, The Little Mermaid. They're all iconic Disney movies. But did you know the original versions of these stories did not end with a happily ever after? Hi, I'm Alastair from Parcast, and I'm hosting a new Spotify original called Once Upon a Time. For nine weeks, we're commemorating the 120th anniversary of original Imagineer Walt Disney's birth by lifting the curtain and comparing some of your favorite Disney stories with their earliest tellings. Once Upon a Time will chart Disney's career triumphs, as well as the crushing defeats that almost ruined it all. We'll also look at what it took to bring these stories to life and why Disney's adapted versions became so memorable across generations. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Once Upon a Time. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. 
after getting kicked out of heaven, Susano planned to remake Earth in his image so that everyone who'd spurned him would be suitably jealous. But it was not going well so far. He and a young kami named Inada were hiding in a forest with an inconceivably large, eight-headed dragon towering over them. It was rare that Susano didn't know what to do. All he could manage was to state the obvious. We need to get out of here. Inada shook her head. There is no escape. It's not just those eight heads. Orochi extends far beyond that. He is endless. Susano was still trying to process it all. The monster burrows underground? Inada's voice was grave. You don't understand. The monster is the ground. Susano's heart sank as he finally understood. The rushing river, the eight mountain peaks. This creature was the entire landscape around them. Such a beast needed to feed on what? There was not enough blood in all of existence to satiate those fanged jaws, that miles-long stomach. All it wanted was Inada. Inada's voice trembled. I am sorry. I didn't mean to invite you to your death. I am the last of my sisters, and I am marked. I do not know why this beast hungers for our family, but it will not stop until it devours me. A shiver ran down Susano's back. He had never encountered such a foe. If he was chaos, Orochi was the end of all things. But he quickly recovered and reminded himself he was Susano, and Orochi needed to learn who this world belonged to. Susano took Inada's hand, eyes glittering with pride. Lucky for you, I always have a trick up my sleeve. He rushed for the edge of the chasm, pulling Inada behind him. Orochi's eight heads turned in unison. They lunged forward. Their great jaws snapped at the place where Susano and Inada had stood just seconds before. They reached the edge of the chasm and jumped. The wind whistled as he and Inada fell. He positioned Inada above him so his divine body would cushion her fall. Orochi's eight heads screamed in frustration above. They fell for some time before they landed with a muffled thump on some thick moss. Susano leapt up and pulled Inada into the brush, out of sight. Susano peered through the foliage, low enough now to get a better look at the beast. It was a legless serpent of unfathomable size. The wild forest on Orochi's back hid deep green scales but on its belly they were easily visible, interlocked like plate armor. Its rippling muscles extended so far into the mist that Susano could not see much else, just the river water spilling down from its back like a high mountain waterfall. And he could hear the coral hiss of eight heads echoing through the gray clouds. Orochi slowly slithered away, leaving a crushed landscape in its wake. Finally, its mountain range was completely swallowed by mist, and Susano was bathed in the echoing emptiness of silence. Inada jumped to her feet. That was quite a trick. I guess you really are that Susano, and I thank you for your help. 
But this is my fight. Orochi will no doubt head for my parents' home next, looking for me. I must go to them. For reasons Susano couldn't explain, the thought of Inada in danger alarmed him greatly. He blurted out, No, you might as well walk right into its jaws. Inada's eyes hardened and she crossed her arms. Do you have a better idea? Susano considered this. It is far too large to slay in a conventional fight, so I'd have to trick it, lull it into a false sense of safety so I can strike one head at a time. Inada was dubious. When you cut one head, won't the others punish you? Susano's mind raced for the answer. There had to be a way to dull even the most acute senses. Then, as ideas always do, it came to him. He snapped his fingers. We shall use your skills, Lady Rice, the good ones, not the archery, and we will go to your home. Inada sighed. You like being cryptic, don't you? Still, she headed off in the direction of what he presumed was her home. Susano laughed. Mystery is part of my charm, yes. Will we have to convince your parents of my good intentions? Inada shook her head. No, they've never seen a creator kami before. They'd give you anything you asked. Susano held her gaze. Anything? Inada groaned. Inada's parents' home was a small shack. Seven empty bedrolls still lay on the floor. Both of her parents' eyes were red from crying. Susano told them to take heart. He had a solution. He worked with Inada's parents to build eight enormous platforms. Each was large enough for one of Orochi's heads, with fencing on the side like a horse stall. Meanwhile, he asked Inada to brew an extra strong batch of sake. Once the preparation was done, he placed a vat filled with the special sake on each platform. The alcohol burned his nose, but that was how he knew it was fit for a dragon. Once the trap was prepared, Inada approached to declare, I'm staying. Susano felt that increasingly familiar twinge of worry at the thought of Inada getting hurt. No, I will handle this. You will hide with your parents and comfort them. Inada's voice was steely. This is my monster. I need to see it dead. If your plan works, he will be too drunk on my sake to stand against your sword. Susano finally nodded, but insisted he turn her into something that would keep her out of sight, a comb so she could whisper in his ear. Susano concentrated until Inada shrank and bent like a reflection on lake water. Then she shriveled, her dark hair covering every inch of her until she became an intricately carved black comb. Susano drew his hair back and secured it with Inada, he heard her whisper, You need to wash, Susano. He rolled his eyes. I intended to wash in your river, Lady Rice, but your river turned out to be a dragon. Susano sat by the platforms, waiting for the earth to rumble. The sun set, and the clouds went from red to purple to midnight blue. He lit torches, but their light barely pierced the thick mist and inky blackness of the night. Then, far away, 
He heard it. The ground vibrated, the crunch of trees echoed, and the clouds themselves shook. It sounded like thunder. Susano usually loved thunder. He was the god of seas and storms, but this wasn't his thunder. This shook him to his core, reminding him how small he was in this new world. This was Yamata no Orochi approaching. Until suddenly, everything stopped. All Susano could hear was his own breathing, and all he could see was the thick mist until... Hissing filled the air, layered in a circling chorus. A pair of red eyes appeared in the darkness, its pupils as large and black as ancient caves. A massive dragon head then emerged slowly into the firelight. Seven more sets of red eyes blinked in the darkness above. The gargantuan faces behind them were so high that they blocked out more stars than forest. The first head moved closer to Susano. Its breath smelled like putrid lake water, a river of carrion. And what do we have here? Susano steadied his breathing and took on a cordial tone. I am Susano, and this is my offering, great Orochi. You have had maidens before, but have you had sake? He heard Inada groan. All eight pairs of eyes swiveled to the vats of sake. The movement shook the ground, almost knocking Susano off the platform. He recovered and nodded to the sake. It's very potent. I wanted it to be worthy of your most august self. It's been brewed eight times so that despite your size, you may get its full effects. Each pair of Orochi's red eyes narrowed at Susano. I will trust you, Susano no Mikoto. I admire your work. You wreak great chaos on the world. Susano would normally be flattered, but he could feel Inada seething in his hair. I appreciate and return your admiration, great Orochi. Let us drink. Orochi's heads nodded. Let us drink, and when we are done, we shall feast on the maiden together. All eight heads slid onto the platforms between the makeshift stalls. Their wide, forked tongues dipped into the barrels to sample the sake. The river on Orochi's back poured off its sides. The waterfall thundered in Susano's ears. The first head rose from its sake to peer at Susano. We are the same, you and I. This is your land and mine. You kill and I kill. I am the river and you are the sea. Orochi's words shouldn't have mattered, but they ignited a flicker of doubt in Susano. There couldn't be a greater ally in this new untamed world than a dragon that spanned its whole length. Could Orochi be the key to truly acquiring the envy of his family? Inada's voice came in his ear. Susano, you aren't like him. You're not. But what if Susano wanted to be? Susano suddenly realized that this task had just become more difficult, because now he had a choice to make. Between Orochi and Inada, someone had to die. 
Susano just had to decide who. Coming up, Susano plays a deadly game. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Now back to the story. Susano tossed back a glass of sake and tried to focus on what to do. The colossal dragon Orochi had consumed enough sake to make all 16 of his eyes droop. Now was the time to chop off its heads. Instead, Susano was drinking with the great serpent, and it was lovely. They sang songs they both knew from the beginning of the world and shared stories of their supposed misdeeds. They really were similar. Both had made messes, but neither of them should really be blamed. Orochi couldn't help his size, just as Susano couldn't help his temper. Inada got quieter as the night wore on. Soon her voice was a small, insect-like sound, buzzing about Susano's mind, a nuisance. Orochi's multitude of blood-red eyes were glassy as it murmured, You have entertained me well, Susano, but perhaps I've been too jubilant in finding a friend. I am most tired. Susano nodded, feeling his own exhaustion. He slurred, I agree wholeheartedly. A nap couldn't hurt. A spirit such as yourself has nothing to fear. Orochi's eightfold booming laugh shook the ground. The platforms wobbled like toothpicks. You aren't wrong. I am sleepy enough to lie where I stand. Apologies to your lovely sake tubs. The dragon flopped each of its heads onto the platforms. In the next instant, it was snoring. Susano's eyelids grew heavy and he nodded off but he was startled awake by Inada's scream. Susano, Susano, wake up, you promised. He sat up and hissed, I promised nothing. I'm Susano, remember? The blustering enemy of heaven. And now I have a dragon at my beck and call. Inada's voice was small but angry. Did you not trample heaven's rice fields and toss a dead horse through the roof of the palace? Did you not frighten your sister so badly that she hid in a cave, plunging our world into many days of night? What else do you have to prove? Susano watched the nostrils of the nearest Orochi head quiver. 
It's not just about proving something, Inada. I'm a villain. Even if I kill Orochi, soon someone will have to rescue you from me. Inada gently replied, That day will only come if you let it. Susano's eyes felt heavy. It's not that simple. The comb that was Inada shifted on his head. It isn't, but you should still try. Susano studied the tree's dark silhouettes high on Orochi's back. Inada went on. You are a kami of many things, of sea, of storms, of chaos, but above all, of change. So change, isn't that the best way to show heaven your power? Inada's earnest plea shifted something in Susano, and quite suddenly he realized he'd missed the point. He drew his sword. Change is not the way to show heaven my power, but slaying the largest dragon in existence is. He crept close to Yamata no Orochi's nearest head and climbed its scales. He reached the top and stood just above the monster's expansive green eyebrows. They were so long, three Susanos couldn't cover their length. Up here, Orochi's snore was bone-shakingly loud. River mist flew from its nostrils. Susano took a breath and lifted his sword. It was ten hands long, nowhere near big enough to cut through the dragon's neck. But you didn't need to decapitate a snake to kill it. You just needed to pick the right spot. Susano pointed the blade between Orochi's eyes. Then he pushed down. The scaled skin split like paper, giving way to a hard skull. Susano pushed harder and heard a quiet, clear crack. He punctured the skull. The eyes shot open, glowing crimson with rage. Susano froze, but the head just twitched in silent agony. Then it went limp. Susano's relief was interrupted by rustling. Orochi's other heads were waking. Susano dove behind a platform wall just as a deep dragon voice called out, Yon, are you awake? Yon meant four, the fourth head, the dead one. Susano's heart pounded. Orochi's other head growled. Then, silence. It had gone back to sleep. Susano hadn't realized the heads had identities of their own, so he hadn't picked a particular order to start. But after realizing one was a light sleeper, he'd start as far away from that head as possible. He tiptoed to the farthest platform. San, three. He climbed up and again pointed his sword between the dragon's eyes. Then he pushed it down. Blood and brain matter spilled from its opening, splashing his face and body. Orochi didn't stir. Susano crept to the next heads, Ichi and Ni, one and two, then Go and Roku, five and six, then Nana, seven, which left Hachi, eight, the one he'd first spoken to, the careful one, the light sleeper. Susano planned his approach. Perhaps climbing scales wasn't the best idea. Could he approach from the back? He squinted upwards into the mist, 
He couldn't see much, but he was certain the dragon's body was too tall to scale easily, especially with a sword. He'd have to try the same approach he'd used on the other heads, just very carefully. Susano slid his sword into his scabbard and gently took hold of the highest scales he could reach. Orochi didn't stir. Susano set his first foot against one of the scales, then another, and finally, as he stood over the dragon's colossal eye, it opened. Orochi blinked in confusion at Susano. Then it moaned and called out the other head's names. They, of course, did not answer. Susano knew he had to hurry. He kept climbing, up, 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 each step a near slip as the dragon tried to shake Susano off. He managed to scramble up the cheek and to the top of the skull as Orochi rolled, shaking the earth beneath them. Susano was certain he'd be thrown off, unless he used his sword as an anchor. Susano raised the blade, then plunged it down with all his might. The skin split. Orochi screamed. It twitched and flailed. Churning river water shot from its mouth and nostrils. Susano hung onto his sword, pushing the blade deeper and deeper until the eighth head flopped into its platform. Orochi's body tipped limply to the side. The whole forest, all eight mountains, turned impossibly in a full vertical, an entire landscape flipping on its axis. Susano had seen many wonders in his time in heaven. This beat them all. Susano pulled the comb of Inada from his hair and snapped his fingers. The comb quivered and expanded, blossoming into Inada's form. She stared at him, dark eyes shining. They stood together on top of the dead dragon's head, Susano covered in gore, Inada perfect and clean. Susano smiled. May I marry you now? Inada smirked back. You can try. Eight is a significant number in Japan. The country is made up of eight principal islands, and the shape of the number itself is considered good luck. But within Japanese legend in particular, the number eight signifies the concept of all existence. And since the monster Yamata no Orochi is riddled with the number eight, we can assume it represents a threat to that existence. It has eight heads, eight tails, and carries eight mountains and valleys on its back. Despite the alarming risk this dragon poses to the entire world, the actual source of the myth may be far more local. In a rice-based agricultural environment, there's nothing quite as dangerous as a river. Like a monster, it can flood shallow rice fields and take victims without warning. Several scholars have suggested that Yamata no Orochi owes its significant size to legends of deadly flooding of what is now the He River in Japan's Shimane Prefecture. If Orochi is the river, Susano's role in subduing it makes much more sense. His victory is not just about rescuing a woman, he's also shaping the landscape to make it more hospitable to his descendants. 
And when we keep Susano's method of execution in mind, a deeper layer appears. He exploits the dragon's poor impulse control, certain that Orochi will drink to excess and open himself up to slaughter. In this moment, Orochi shows the same self-indulgent behavior that got Susano tossed out of heaven. In a moment of redemption, we watch Susano, the Chaos Kami, destroy the destructive chaos that has taken over his new realm. Susano isn't fully reformed by any means. He shows up as an antagonist in several other Shinto tales after this. But in the story of Orochi, he gets to be the romantic hero. In fact, he and his first wife, Kushi Nadahime, or Inada, are sometimes worshipped as Kami of love and devotion. We all have to face our demons someday, whether we want to or not. And when your dark side is as terrifying as Yamata no Orochi, light is relative. So we have to applaud Susano despite his sins. It's not every day that a villain gets to save the world. And if not for him, we might very well have ended up in the belly of a beast. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a brand new season, Victorian Monsters. If you're interested in following more of Susano's adventures, they continue in my podcast, Mythology. Mythology retells the world's oldest stories as an engaging audio drama. Every Tuesday, join me and a cast of voice actors as we dramatize the enduring legends that have shaped human culture. Learn the tragic story of Susano's parents in The First Couple, and meet his equally tricky daughter, Suseri Bime, in The Land of Roots. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Riche, with writing assistance by Kate Murdoch and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Walt Disney had a gift for storytelling that resonated with audiences. From a puppet who wanted to become a real boy, to a mermaid who yearned to be part of the human world, Disney has developed relatable and unforgettable characters. Hi, it's Alastair from Parcast. Join me for Once Upon a Time, a special collection of Parcast episodes celebrating the original Imagineer himself, as well as the origins of Disney's most iconic characters and stories. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast once upon a time and catch new episodes Mondays free and only on Spotify.